When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline Podcast. I am Dax Holt. And I'm Adam Glenn. I like the music. That I like the intro music. It's, it's really so good, music. right? It is really good. It's catchy. How you doing, guys? <laughs> I can just I can start dancing around or something. It's getting me all jazzed up, ready for this. It's, it's, like, it's good music, I've got to say. And honestly, the intro gets me the, it's the most nervous part for me because I don't know when to jump in, but... Thank you for listening. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing so good. I think last week we talked a little bit about uh, the Hollywood Pipeline website being revamped. It looks unbelievable now. I have spent so much time working on it. I'm so happy with the outcome. If you have not logged on, please do so. We've got lots of videos and photos up on the Hollywood Pipeline. And it, it, if logging onto the website's not your thing, of course, we've got uh, the Twitter page, the Instagram page. All kinds of stuff where you can go and, and check out our photos and videos. So, uh, Adam, how was your week, dude? I, I feel like you've been all over the place. My week was good. My week was good. Um, got some interesting people. I was with some rappers. I was with Exhibit, who is the nicest guy. Remember Exhibit from Pit My Ride? Yeah, dude. Nice guy. Then I was with Kodak Black. Do you, Dax, do you know who Kodak Black is? Uh, yeah, I'm not that white. Come on, dude. I know who these people are. <laughs> Well, listen, this guy hated me, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he thought I was that one. He did not like me, but he was, he was. How do you guy. not like the Adam Glenn? I know. I, I, I looked up his interviews. He gives me awkward, but what can I do? I tried. It was like pulling teeth with him. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I was cool though. I, you know, you can see my stuff. I was on, uh, the blast. I was on full alert. I was on TMZ. I was with on TMZ with one of the Heisman trophy nominees, uh, inductees, uh, the guy didn't win, but this guy from Ohio State. Um, but you know, it was good. It was a, it was a good, fun week running around New York City. Yeah. Um, no, there was no one this week that I was really excited to. You know, I'm always excited to see people. Like, exhibits like someone who's like people make fun of him, but for me, he was a big part of my growing up. Pimp my ride, his music. You know, I liked his music. He was he was a star to me. Yeah, so it was cool to see him. But other than that, it was a pretty. Oh, you know who I saw this week was so cool, Dax? Miley Cyrus. Ooh. Okay, wait a second. Hold on. I want to get to that, but we have a very, very important caller calling in right now that we're going to have to go to. So, uh, Jillian, are you there? Hey, Dax. Jillian! All right. What's up? Let me just give you a little intro. So, uh, this is Jillian Barbary on the phone. She's ho- a host over at KBC Radio in LA. She's an actress. She's a hoe. She's, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's a, a a personality. I mean, you've been on everything, Fox Sports, yeah. everywhere. You're the you're the face yeah. of Two Face Cosmetics. You're kind of a big deal. I kind of not here in my own home, but maybe out there in uh, some some uh, places. But thank you for that beautiful intro. Yes, I'm trying to multitask a lot of things right now, Dax, and uh, it's it's. Um, I've been slowed down a little bit. Yeah. I guess the Lord said, we got to slow this woman down oh. just a tad. And I've been uh, literally on my ass 
watching Netflix for a month, and I have to tell you, recovering from a double mastectomy. I was going to say, we, we need to fill people on why, because you're not someone to ever <laughs> slow down. You know, you I, I think you have right. constantly been working for the last, what, 25 years, like on TV or on your, someone's radio yeah, every 30. day. And, uh, 30 years. Been, yeah, 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 exactly. So when did, when did um, you get... When did you get the diagnosis of breast cancer? All right. So um, when I worked for the NFL, uh, one of my best friends, she still works there. She's a head makeup artist. And we started something 10 years ago called it's a triple M, MMM. It's uh, it's it, she calls it margaritas, massages and mammograms. But I would always call it just mimosas and mammograms. And we do it the four seasons in Westlake Village. It's our 10th year. The first year started out four of us. This year, there were 45 of us, and now we're sponsored, the NFL on Fox, um, you know, Skechers. It's a whole big deal. And so every year, I'm bartender. And last year, I skipped it. And I don't know why I skipped it. I, I, I'm trying to, you know, Lisa and I were trying to figure out Lisa uh, Ashley, who's the head of makeup at the NFL on Fox. And I was like, oh, the pregame show. And I was like, I don't know what I... I just didn't go. And so this year I was kind of like, ah, you know, dude, I don't know if I'm going to come. She's like, no, 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 you're coming. You're the bartender. You're making the mimosas. And you didn't come last year. I go, yeah, yeah, but I think I got a mammogram somewhere else. She's like, really, where? (laughs) I go, "I, uh, maybe, where? I don't know. She goes, no, you didn't, and you're coming. So I went there at 730 to set up. I brought all the champagne. I was making the cocktails. It's a big sponsored event now. So I had the first mammogram of the day, which was 8 a.m. And about an hour later, I'm I'm setting up and we're putting our gift bags together. And I get a call back. And I was joking to the four girls that were there at the time. I was like, I got a call back. You didn't. And so I just kept getting called back all day. And it literally turned into um, we see something. It's just a shadow. Let's do another. Let's do another image. Oh, well, now we got to do an ultrasound. And when I did the ultrasound, it was like pretty quiet for about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I got called, I went back up, got called back again by the radiologist. And he said, uh, you need to go get a biopsy tomorrow, like not next week, tomorrow. So I said, well, if I was your mother or your sister or your wife, you know, what would you? And he said, please go tomorrow. So I go back to the party and I'm not thinking, I'm like, okay, well, whatever, right? Until I hear cancer, I'm not going to freak out. What's the point, right? You waste energy and so as i'm sitting there talking to all these women some have had double mastectomy some are in the middle of cancer treatment some are you know not going through anything um i get a call from my regular doctor he's like are you okay and i go uh yeah why wouldn't i be and he goes well didn't they tell you it's cancer and i'm like what i go how do you no, they didn't say cancer, but he was right. And I'll tell you what I did. I drove home. I didn't go to work that day. I scheduled, I knew. I just, in my heart, I knew. So I scheduled a double mastectomy at the place. Wow, Angelina you Jolie scheduled place. it before any other yep. tests? Oh, wow. I did. Because I knew in my heart for, for a doctor to throw around cancer, they don't do that lightly. And I always thought, you know, I'm a single mother of two. I, my breasts have served me well. They've been fantastic over the years. They're real. They're beautiful. They fed my babies. They were in men's magazines. (laughs) And I thought, I'm done. Like, I don't, this is, I scheduled it. So 
I had just gone through this with Deborah Tate, Sharon Tate's sister. I took her to the same place that Angelina Jolie, and we did this a year ago. She did lumpectomy. I opted to have them both removed. Turns out I made the right choice because my right breast was completely like everything, like done, completely cancerous. And my lymph nodes, it came back. Um, I did do the biopsy on a Tuesday, and UCLA got back to me, I guess, two days later. Uh, but I was already I was already scheduled for Friday. So from literally my mammogram, which was on one Friday, two Fridays later, I had my tits chopped off. I was like, bye-bye. I don't need you anymore. And I had lymph nodes taken out. Bye-bye. Cancer be gone. Wow. And that was the end of that. Adam, Adam, did you insane. see her tribute, by the way, to her breasts on Twitter? I loved it. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, Adam. How you doing, Julian? Good to see you. Well, it's good to hear from you. I'm glad you're doing well. And most of all, I'm glad you're in a good place. Like, you sound well. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, telling the fans of how you're doing, and you know, I feel like we're with you on this journey. You know, so it's, I, 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 oh, I, thank I'm you. The, well, the you're doing with just, it. thank you, Adam and Dax. My most important thing is just to tell women, please get your your freaking mammograms because I skipped it last year. Like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to take a year off. And um, I don't know, maybe it was brewing then. Who knows? Yeah. But. For me, there was no choice. I wasn't going to sit around and bullshit with a lumpectomy. My re- my left breast was completely healthy. My right one was all fucked up. And for ladies out there, if anybody's listening, there's not always a lump or pain. No, I had nothing. There was zero signs. I will tell you this, though. I was getting dressed in the mirror one day, and I was putting my bra on. I was like, that's fucked up. And my nipple was not. It looked, it was like, Meh. it was kind of inverted or maybe pointing down. And I go, that's really fucking weird. And it was because the cancer was eating it from the inside out. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. But so I want listeners to know that it's not always a pain, a a pea-sized lump. No, I had none of those. In fact, when they showed me on the ultrasound, they're like, you see it? It looks like cancer looks like crab's legs. And it was just, you know, basically inside me. And I was like, yeah, I see that. And they said, do you feel it? And she was showing me. I go, no, dude. I don't feel a thing. So I just want to let women know that it's life altering. Like you can, I'm fine. Like the cancer's out of me. I do have to start chemo and radiation and all that bullshit in, the, in, in January, but they want my body to heal a hundred percent before you can even start that. Um, weird for me is now I have fake tits. I never hey, had well, fake boobs before. Everyone wants to know what, what size did you get? Uh, here's the funny, here's the best part. Um, <laughs> I go in for my surgery on a Friday morning, uh-huh. and there's two surgeons in there, the one who takes all the cancer out and the one who puts the new tits in. The one who puts the new tits in walks in. She goes, hi, remember me? Yeah, I'm the reconstructive surgeon. You didn't get back to me with any emails. All I said was, I want to look like her, and I sent her all my pictures of old of me back in the day for bikini. And she goes, I, I, you know, you're, she goes, you might be the first woman in Hollywood that's never – you didn't even – nothing. You gave me nothing. I said, I trust your judgment. I said, be tasteful. I don't know. And so it's, it's, she goes, I looked at all your photos from when you were doing all those magazine shoots, and I gave you basically the same size. I have no idea what size. I have women cancer victims tell me, well, listen, are you an A1 positive? Are you a neck? I said, I don't know. I said, they said, you've got cancer. I said, chop these suckers off. Let's go. Like, I did not wait for this test and a different doctor. I went to the best. Bedford Breast Center, ladies, if you need, and don't worry, they'll they'll work with you. 
Did you uh, have did you I, did you have breast cancer run in your family at all? Well, no. You know I'm adopted, so I found my birth family and everyone was fine except my aunt when I met my family I was thirty four and my aunt was my age now, fifty two, and she had it. She was recovering from it. But no, I mean, you know, you just who knows, right? But my sister came from Canada to kind of help me out because I'm a single mom and, and my kids are here and you can't move. And, and, you know, it's like, you don't, my son's like, can I catch it from you? And my daughter's freaked out and I didn't want to scare them. Dude, the cancer's gone. Like the best part is that there's no more cancer in me. I guess chemo and radiation are just to make sure that they kill everything. Right. So, um, nowadays they do great stuff. You know, my friend Kim Douglas was on, is on the Ellen show and she didn't lose any hair or anything because she used this thing called the cold cap. So it's a weird thing. Like Julia Louis-Dreyfus got breast cancer. She helped Kim. Kim paid for helping me. Everybody kind of chips in, and it's like a community of women that have it or had it. You know? It's kind of it's nice. And, and it's not – I don't want women to freak out over it. Like, it's, it's not going to kill you if you've got certain types and, you know, you, you make the best of it. Yeah. Well, I love I love more than anything your honesty and getting, you know, telling women, hey, if you skipped your mammogram, get out there and get it done. Don't wait. Yeah, you don't want a year please. to go to buy. You don't want six months to go by without getting it checked out if you've missed your your yearly. So, I, you know, I think yeah. even if it sounds strange, but like your story about your nipple being inverted, like maybe yeah. someone wouldn't think anything of that. And yeah, you could I right am. now be telling someone, hey, something's wrong. Check it yeah. out. Exactly, Dax. And I got to tell you, that day, it was a week before my mammogram. I looked in the mirror and I go, that's fucked up. I was like, that's weird. And continued with my day, not even thinking another thing. Didn't even think. And then a week later, you know, everything goes down. And I just knew in my heart, I was like, ah, I know it. So I booked a double mastectomy to be safe. And then when they said you have it in your, uh, what do you call that? Your lymph nodes. Then I cried. I cried once and it was that time. Because I thought it was a death sentence. And they're like, what do you, what? no, no. Cry over the fact that you can't have as much alcohol anymore. You can't drink wine as much because it's got sugar. Cry over the big things that matter. Don't cry over your lymph nodes. Did it. So what, yeah, what's the recovery process now? Like you said you're doing the chemo. Like, are you just pretty much hanging out at home, just waiting to heal? Are you sore? I mean, what, how are you feeling? Yeah, right no. Now? Every day, every day I get better um, and stronger. Um, when I announced it on Twitter, it's funny, Sandra Lee, whom I get, you guys know Sandra Lee, who, you know, dates the governor of New York. She's been with him for 10 years. She's got cookbooks. She's on Good Morning America, beautiful blonde. She messaged me and she goes, hi, asshole. Nice. Thanks for telling me that you have cancer. I had to find out on Twitter. And so she forwarded me and we've been friends for 20 years. And I just want you find out, you're not like, okay, this is a list of people I need to reach out to. I just like, fuck it. I did a Twitter blast. And so she sent me her documentary she did for HBO. Um, and it was on exactly what I have. And she showed, she let the cameras into everything. And it was pretty graphic, but um, it was so helpful. So she showed, she told me the recovery time. Here's what they do. So some women just opt for a mastect, double mastectomy, which means you're just flat as a board and they stitch you up and that's it. That's what I was going to do. The women at Bedford Breast said, look, you know, you're a woman, a woman in television. You, you've, you've got a certain look. You want to probably keep that look for mentally for yourself if you want to. We're not going to push. And I was like, ah, they're right. 
So they said, what we offer here is um, a surgery where Dr. Mamzik from Bedford Breast will take all the cancer out. And then I'll come in um, and I'll, Dr. Casalis will put new breasts in. And so your recovery time is all at once. And so I did that. It's, it's been a recovery, but I'm good. And yeah. you're, you're uh, alive. You're, are, are, yeah. can they call you cancer free yet? Or because you've got it in your lymph nodes, that's what the radiation and chemo. No, no, they took it out. They took it out of my lymph nodes. So that's what I said, Dax. I'm like, if I'm cancer free, cause they, when they wake you up, they're like, here's the good news. You're cancer free. So they scooped it out of my breast. They scooped it out of my lymph nodes. They took my breast away, blah, blah, blah. I get some fake tits put in. Life is good. I wake up cancer free. Why do I need not only chemo and radiation? Because they're concerned that the kinds of cells that I have could be, they don't want anything in your system, in your bloodstream, carrying anything to pick up and just turn it because it's very easy to get it again once you've got it, I guess. And so their whole thing is to kill it all. And so you don't, you know, you don't, you don't get have it any back. chances yeah, yeah. Of, of it coming back. Yeah, so I am, I am I'm cancer-free right now as we speak. So has Howard Stern already reached out to you and said he wants you to reveal the new ones on his show? You know what's really <laughs> funny? Uh, I was driving my son to school because I just was allowed to drive last week for the first time. And I drove him to school. I dropped him off. And I looked down on the radio and it says, uh, Jillian Barbary. Because I listen to Howard every day. And I'm like, What? Uh, oh, it must be an old replay. No, it was Howard <laughs> talking about my breast diagnosis of, of cancer. And he said, you know, I should have checked those babies for lumps years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he made me laugh so hard. He made me laugh so hard. I spit out my coffee and I, I was like, so thankful, you know, like I do have a regret that I didn't do Playboy. They offered four times and I didn't just for prosperity. I would have had them and they were real and they were pretty awesome for the men that I've have been in my life they contested that but um i will say that's the only that's the only thing and that's a vanity thing i'm like damn it i wish i would have had something for prosperity but you know for me it was a no-brainer i was like man i, I called up for a double mastectomy before i even knew 100 percent. i was like i'm just getting this done because i've got young kids and dax you know what that's like yeah. you have minor older than yeah, you because are because you know what your, your titties aren't that important when you got kids that's what's more important at that point in your life is being alive for your children. I hear you. You had a great maxim. Exactly right. Your maxim was really your maxim was really good. Oh, thank you. I did it a few times. So I don't know if you're talking about Puff and the Muff or the other with the football girls, but there was one where I uh, it was it was before I was lasered. And so they were, I don't know. Oh, Puff and the Muff. They're a beige yeah. bathing suit. Yeah, it's sad that I know yeah, that. Yeah, I call it's, that. It's, I know why I call Puff in the Muff. I think I ended up on CamelToe.com. Like, I might have been the first. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, and, uh, That was before the grooming days. Like, that was like, you know, and, and I, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was like, all right. And then you go and they're like, oh, here's the hair and makeup. Like, I was so stupid and naive. And they're like, they want you in a bikini. I'm like, really? And they're like, with cowboy boots. I go, seriously? And, uh, you know, you just kind of go with it and, you know, you have fun. And it was great memories. They were so cool to me at uh, uh, Maxim and FHM. Um, and, and it was a great memory. And I just, you know, my girlfriends have all done uh, Playboy. I think I'm the only idiot that didn't. And, and I do regret it. It's funny that I never thought I'd say it, but I, so they offered me four years in a row and I said no. <laughs> 
Wow. That's amazing. Please, yeah. for, please tell people that message, you know, to do Playboy so you don't regret it. You know, I'd like to, you know, <laughs> Spread the important messages. That, you know? You're damn you know, right. That's a really good message. I'd like to see what these You're damn right it is. <laughs> if there's two things that you get from this, it's this. Get your mammogram and do Playboy if offered. Just do it. Don't ask. <laughs> you know, don't don't second guess it. Just do it. <laughs> oh, Jillian, I love you so much. Jillian, is there any celebrities that like? What other celebrities like reached out to you and just you know to wish you best oh, of God, luck? To wish everybody. You- I just talked to Heather Locklear this morning. Uh, hey, by the way, how really is she well. doing? Doing really well. Doing really well. And um, you know, I've Heather's been in my life twenty five plus years. Uh, so we, we, it's funny cause I've, uh, I have insomnia and, um, and she's always up, you know, she's doing really good in, in her treatment. She's think five and a half months over. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, I, I, I spoke with her. Kate Del Castillo just messaged me today. Um, she was filming in, uh, in, in Colombia, her sec, her second season of, uh, La Reina del Sur and she's, I just spoke with her today. Um, you know, most of my friends are not big celebrities like that. Most of my friends are just regular, you know, producers and people I've met on uh, in my makeup artists in the business that we've been friends for 20 plus years. So Kate and I have been friends for 10, Heather 25 plus. Um, I'm very fortunate to have women in my life and, uh, and, 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 and strong women that have accomplished a lot. Uh, and we're all in different sort of paths in our lives. All of us single and all of us successful and all of us kind of fighters. So, you know, it's, uh, it's really nice. I'm very fortunate. Well, that's awesome. I that's, really uh, appreciate you taking some time. I know that uh, the last couple of weeks have not been easy for you. You've been really exhausted. And, you know, I thank you for just calling in and giving people a little heads up and, you know, giving people yes. an update on how you're doing. And, you know, I thank I, you. I, Thanks I, for letting me say it here because I want people to, to hear. You know, it's funny because you were asking about celebrities. The first celebrities that reached out was Daisy Fuentes. And Daisy said, um, oh, my God, I'm. I'm due because Daisy and I work together at HSN. So she text messaged me and she said, I just heard, holy shit. And I wasn't going to, I'm due. And so I'm going and she has like a list of great, you know, homeopathic. I've got so many great friends around me that have just, I feel so, so blessed, but you know, for my kids, number one is that they know their mom is cancer free and I'm here. I just want to be around for, for that. You know, that's the number one. So um, thanks for letting me use this as a platform, Dax and Adam, because um, it is serious. And, and, you know, I remember hearing that people got breast. I remember hearing Julia Louis-Dreyfus had breast. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. You hear, and then it goes in one ear and out the other, uh, you know, and then if they're friends of yours, of course you're going to be more invested. But the bottom line is you kind of just, um, you don't really think about it, even as a woman, as a chick. I, don't, I was like, meh. And I started doing them at like 40, 41, I guess. Um, but please get them, girls. Uh, I, I cannot stress it enough because it saved my life. Like the four seasons in Westlake Village saved my life. <laughs> They're the ones that are like, mm. the radiologist is like, mm. well, and I, I go, be honest. If you, if I was your mother, your daughter needs like, yeah, y- you need to this. Yeah. Well, I now, can tell you today. one thing. You won't be missing that event 
any years down the road. You will be bartending at that, I'm sure, from now <laughs> until forever. You know, Lisa said, come back and be a speaker. So I, I'm going to, we always have a speaker, a celebrity that comes up, but, but a survivor. And uh, this year it was supposed to be Kim Douglas from the Ellen show, but she was going through radiation and she got, she was sick. So hopefully when we do it again next October, it's going to be six months of chemo and radiation. I'll be done by July and I'll be able to come and speak and be like, hey, I was just like you guys. Um, like I don't even have nipples right now. I call myself robo tits. Like my kid, my son's like, you don't even have nipples. I'm like, I know it's so weird. Like, are they going to, well, are they going to tattoo them on or what are you doing? I, I, I don't know. I mean, one of the girls that was at the, uh, at the, you know, mimosas and mammograms party when I got diagnosed, I was like, God, those look so real. And I was touching them. They're smooth, but yet they look hard. They look like hard nipples. I'm like, this is a 3d. It's a mind jedi mind fuck you know what i mean because you're looking at them going those are some pretty looking wait what so this party sounds pretty fun jill right (laughs) 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 we we know how to have fun let me tell you we're like mammograms suck let's have some mimosas and some massage and everyone take their shirt off and let's see the nips Yeah. yeah everyone show your nips not so fast barbary so uh my attitude now is just like, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, the, the, the irony is I'm at a breast center that is, they are revolutionary in Beverly Hills for taking your old nipples, which, by the way, I, I didn't want my inverted asshole-looking nipple, but they are <laughs> innovative in taking old nipples and putting them on new breasts, and, like, they're your old boobs, and they have your sensory, they have everything. Wow. I was like, she's like, we couldn't save your, and I'm like, dude, I don't. I don't, I don't want need it. those. Gross. Yeah. I don't need those suckers. I've got perky new tits and no <laughs> nipples. I might just be. It's like you know Barbie. I mean? like, it sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> well, what if what if Playboy says, "Hey, we're looking for women that have had double mastectomies and 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 three D tattoos." Then I'd be like, uh, "You're yeah, in. Check that you out. are in." Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, Jillian, so much. It's thank really great so to much. hear your voice. I am. Hey, ver- great, great to hear you guys too. And I got to tell you. Uh, I so enjoy you and always have. And, you know, I always say people that gripe about paparazzi, I say, be fucking thankful that they're even asking you questions because one day they're not going to want to ask you anything. <laughs> so hey. I, I wish he told Stassi Schroeder that the other day to me for me. I wish he told Stassi that the other day from Vanderpump Rules. Man, that girl has oh, ego, but never mind. But listen, I'm so thankful well, that you took your time and talked to us. Well, I love you guys. I love you guys. And I'll tell you, I I thank you so much for giving me this platform. I appreciate it so much. And uh, it's always great to hear your voices and to to talk to you. So thank you again, guys. Thank you so much. And and we want to tell people, if you want to follow her journey, go to her Twitter page, Ask Jillian. She is basically updating every day about what's going on in her life, anything new, any changes, and... uh, Urging people, go get those mammograms. So thank you again, Jillian. Please do it. Have a great one. All Thanks, right, Jillian. guys. Thank you, too. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Oh, I'm so happy to have her on, dude. That was so cool. So I mean, cool. that was uh, that was so cool. And she sounds, she's, I mean, could, could you just tell that she just had, like, what she's going through? She's, like, I, I think I think she also, like, person. she is one of those people that the second you put her on air, she is on. Like she may be feeling like the biggest piece of shit today, just exhausted. But you put her on; she will be the most professional person you've ever met. She's really her unbelievable. Energy like is that. contagious. Absolutely. Her energy is contagious. Like she, she could literally just keep going. And I was like, 
I was sitting back. I was like, oh man, she's, I mean, but she's that good. was really interesting. I, yeah. She's, she's a, she's a trooper. I'll tell you that. That's not easy what she's going through. And she's so open. So I mean, open. first of all, asshole nipples. I mean, <laughs> so, I don't know why I thought it was the funniest thing. Like, asshole, asshole looking nipples or whatever she said. Oh my God. That's so, good. so we're going to do a complete 180 now. Uh, because I've got another person on the phone that I want to introduce, and uh, and and so let's let's get him up right now. His name is Dan. Dan, are you there, bud? I am here. Hello. Okay. So Adam, Adam, Dan, Dan, Adam. What's Dan. up, brother? How you doing, Adam? So Dan is one of the owners of one of the largest paparazzi agencies in the UK. It is called Exposure Photos, and I had to bring him on. We've had some. Pretty awesome conversations with owners of PAP agencies in the past. And I just think the stories are fascinating. We kind of, what did we say, Adam, the other day that we're, we're knocking down that fourth wall? We're knocking down the fourth wall, getting the people who we don't really know. We're trying to open that world up, but this part of the Hollywood industry, the Hollywood business, that we're, we're viewing that fourth wall. That we're going to hear about that, that part of the industry that you don't get to usually hear about. It's not really spoke about. So, Dan, tell us a little bit. Maybe you can give us a, some better, a better intro about like what you do, how long you've been in it. Um, you of know, course. what what your focus is on out there in the UK. Of course, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you very much for the lovely introduction. It's very nice of you. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I've been doing this for, um, I guess, coming on for about twenty years now, um, and it was it was a weird one. It wasn't actually a business that I ever planned on getting involved in uh i kind of did the usual thing i went to school you know i kind of uh you know did my what we call them a levels in the uk you know kind of a little bit of further education and then i was kind of desperate to get into work and i got into the recruitment business something completely different um and i did that for a couple of years and to be honest with you i was just completely bored uh and i was always looking for something to do uh i had a younger brother at the time who didn't like school and he wanted to drop out. He was just one of those kids that just wanted to get out of school and wanted to do something else, hated going to school. And my, my dad actually at the time kind of had this, you know, little kind of pocket of trouble with him. Like, what are we going to do? You know, you don't want to go to school. What's, what's, what's going to happen? So we found out that he had this kind of desire to be a photographer. Um, so my dad found him a job. In funnily enough, in the sports, it was actually in the soccer, what we call football in the UK, in the soccer uh, industry, um, and he just became like a runner. So he'd go to the the Premiership uh, football games, uh, you know, the big kind of Chelsea, Manchester United games, and he'd go and this time where it, it wasn't digital yet, so he would go and stand by the guy who was um, going through his rolls of films on the camera, taking pictures of the players on the on the field. He'd run off and get that stuff developed, and he just got into the industry. Uh, and to kind of cut a long story short, he ended up meeting another guy who was in the celebrity trade, um, ended up joining him and kind of getting under this guy's wing who was like a, a London nighttime paparazzi guy uh, and just had a natural talent for it. Um, so there's me sitting in my office doing recruitment, absolutely bored out of my mind, um, still very young at that time. And I could see that my younger brother was starting to have a load of fun and make some money at the same time. So I kind of turned around to him and said, hey, you know, his name's Adam as well, by the way. I said, listen, Adam, you know, let me uh, 
let me come and join you. I'll drive you around. You know, you can take the pictures. It will make it easier on you so you don't have to drive and jump out of the car the whole time. Um, and that's how we kind of started the business. It was just me and my younger brother. And I always had the kind of uh, business head on me. I was out there trying to network and speak to photographers and try and kind of figure out how I could make a business out of this and how I could make a career out of this. Um, and funnily enough, we, we turned this very quickly into a big family business. So we've got two younger brothers as well, um, who are twins, who were actually at that point a little bit too young to get into the business. Um, but as soon as they were old enough, they saw how much fun we were having. They were like, right, we're going to come in as well. So they came in as well. And then my dad, who was uh, actually in recruitment himself, he was like, my kids are making all this money. You know, I'm bored. It looks you like wrapped your dad industry. into the business too? We, we got my dad into the business as well. So it, it just became, awesome. it became like a five-a-side soccer team, you know, within, uh, within a few years. And, and, and we built the business from there, you know, and that was 20 years ago. Oh, that's awesome. I had no idea. I didn't realize that that was like a family business that you had going out there. I mean, I obviously we've chatted numerous times over the last, what, like, 10, 15 years or whatever. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I had no idea that there was lots of tailors in there. There is. Yeah. There is. So what, let me ask you this. So you deal with a lot of photographers, obviously. You see all the photographers that have, you know, over overseas. How are they different from the ones that you see in America? Like you see like the ones in LA. Like we see all the paparazzi videos out here, but how are the paparazzi there? Are they, are they more aggressive? Are they treated better? How is it? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, look, I, I, I was fortunate enough to spend a few years in, in L.A. myself um, during the, the, the years that I was building the business. And I came out to L.A. and kind of created my network out there. So um, I'm probably quite well equipped, I would say, to answer that question. I mean, I think that if I'm honest, I think that, you know, just it, just to really try and explain it, it's you know, it's just people, right? It's just people. These photographers are just guys that have found a trade and they're out there, right? And in this world, you get good people and you get bad people, right? And, and you know, that's kind of how I see it. You know, some people know how to behave and some people don't. And I don't think that's just, you know, obviously, you know, people will look at this industry and, uh, and, and look at uh, photographers and, 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 and think that we're, you know, we're a nuisance to, the world or a nuisance to celebrities or whatever the case may be. Everybody has their own assumptions, but you know, there's a lot of good guys out there. You know, um, there's, there's a lot of guys that know how to conduct themselves that can create relationships with, with, um, you know, the people that they're actually taking pictures of, um, that have relationships with PRs, with agents, with all types of people. And then you get a few idiots like you would do in any industry all over the world. So that's really the only way that I could kind of sum it up. I, I don't think that, you know, um, the, the, the English paps or the French paps or the, the U.S. paps are any more. One is any you, you couldn't put them into a category saying one, you know, one, one country is more aggressive than another. If you, if you follow me. Yeah, what, what I, I guess when I think of like the paparazzi, especially in the U.K., I think of like the royal family. So like. What was it like being there for the royal weddings? Because it, that to me seems like it must just be like the best time of your life. Boring. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Why? Yeah, I mean, just like the most boring thing I've ever had to do. I mean, as an agency <laughs> owner, 
as, <laughs> which is, I guess it's kind of funny because it must be, you know, I suppose in the US, you, you know, a lot of people just love and are obsessed with whatever the royal family is doing. And listen, in the UK as well, to a certain extent, and, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I've got any problem with the monarchy. I mean, it's everything, it's all great. It's all amazing. And it's great that, you know, this wedding took place and it's uh, a beautiful thing and it's a part of history. But from our perspective, in terms of actually covering the job, I mean, imagine, think about the photographers, right? They had to turn up to this wedding at probably about five o'clock in the morning to find a place to park their car. Uh, they couldn't get a bathroom break probably for about 10 hours. Uh, and this was all so that they could get 25 seconds of pictures that 3,000 other photographers were getting. I mean, it's the most ridiculous job ever. So we were kind of glad when the day was over, put it that way. Now, did you guys... Did you make- Sorry, I was just going to ask a question with, in regards to Megan. Were you guys one of the first ones to get them, Harry and Megan, out? I feel like... Like them coming out of a club a long time ago. I feel like that was your photo, wasn't it? I don't want to talk about that. We missed that one. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, awkward. Actually, that's a yeah. funny story because that's a funny story because oh, not that funny, but they, they were coming out of uh, I think it was Soho House in uh, in London, and they were coming out, and I had a photographer that was on the same street, and he was he must have been fifty yards down the street, and he saw the flashes going on. Uh, going off and, and he missed it and he missed it but you know that's that's part yeah, part and parcel of the business you know i could write a book on you know all the stuff that we've missed over the years and and all the great stuff that we've got over the years so yeah but that was i i would say that that was probably a pretty lucrative photo that we missed out on Dang, man. how much of the how much of those photos go for it like the photos of like the first shots of megan and, and how, how much of those photos sell for it? do you know roughly around um, look, I, mean, like an estimate? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that I, uh, I, you know, I, I, do, I don't like banding figures around. Um, but I mean, look, what I can tell you is that, you know, you can make a really good living out of this. You know, if you, if you, if you, if you know how to follow the news, you know how to, um, be on top of the stuff, which is current, uh, on top of the stuff that people want to see. Um, you can make a great living, you know, I mean, photographers can, can almost make, I guess, as much as a, uh, a highly paid doctor could, could earn. Adam, know, Adam literally just packed his bag. He, he, yeah, he's I'm, on I'm, his I'm, way to, to London. No idea. I, I'm right now. Oh my God. I'm looking for Trump. I'm looking for his lawyer. I'm looking for everybody. I'm looking for everyone right now. <laughs> what, what, what do you think has been your most successful set of photos or video, Dan, over the years? Uh, most successful set of photos. I mean, it kind of, uh, it's kind of a sad one, really, to be honest with you, when I think of this. I mean, there's a few that... that, that Wait, let me guess. Can I mind. guess? You can guess. Sad, because it's going sad. So I'm going to say something to do with Winehouse. Yeah, you got it. Nice. Oh, that was good. I, I You know why? Because in my mind, Winehouse was like the heyday of like London paparazzi like years ago. So like when I was at TMZ and all these Winehouse photos were coming in, I was just like every day it was something new with Winehouse, her doing something crazy, crawling under fences with like bloody feet and like all kinds of wild stuff. And when she passed away, I was like, that was so weird. Like everyone was like having such a fun time and now she's gone. I know. I know. It was, 
you know, I was I was out on the street at that time, you know, right in the kind of in, in that in the middle of all of that. Um, and it was just crazy, you know, like everybody there was, you know, 20 paps, 30 paps that would kind of be outside of her house every day. And she'd come out and she'd drive down towards a studio where she was supposed to be recording. But she would like weirdly jump out of the car at a traffic light uh, and all the paps would jump out of their cars and. It was like you could see like flashes going off in the middle of the street and cars. it's full it's it's fully like Britney style when Britney back in like two thousand seven. Like Britney was our Amy Winehouse at the time. It was. It was. And you know, but she also had a good relationship with the patch, you know, she was fine, but you know, it just it got really sad in the end, you know. It was just a horrible thing to see, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, with you know, with the drug addiction and, and all the issues that she had. So we were at the just just to answer your question, we were at um, a hotel in London called the Sanderson, uh, and we knew that she was staying in this hotel. So we were like, okay, look, it's late at night. It was I don't know, I think it was like 11 p.m., 12 p.m. when we got the tip. 12 a.m. Sorry, when we got the tip. So we're at this hotel. And we're waiting at this hotel, and we didn't actually expect her to come out. It was raining. We thought that she was just probably either asleep or she was spending the night in there, whatever. But because it was Amy Winehouse, she knew that anything could happen. Um, so anyway, so we're sitting there. I think it was like 2, 3 in the morning. When I say we, it wasn't me. It was actually my younger brothers and a couple of other guys that we were working with. And she comes out and she had had this huge fight with Blake. Um, and this was when she had, you remember those pictures, Dax, when she had the scratches all over her face? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the blood in and she'd been injecting her toes, uh, and it was just the most... She, yeah, she was a mess thing. at the end, man. It was really sad. Yeah, and that was, unfortunately, I mean, you know, it was it was a horrible thing to see, but it was the, probably the most lucrative uh, set of pictures that we had up until that point. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because yeah. the world was fascinated with her. Like, yeah. everyone wanted to see what Amy was going to do next, so I'm not surprised that, you know with a sad set of photos, people want to buy them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've had some other cool stuff. Like, yeah, uh, we had Russell Crowe. He was over in London. He's always, uh, you never know what you're going to get with him, but he was over in London and, we, and he had a fight. I don't know if you remember that. It was many moons ago, but he had a fight inside a restaurant um, with another Australian guy. They were fighting over a, a, an ex-girlfriend of theirs or something. I don't, I don't even remember the, the full story. But they had a full-on fist fight in the middle of this really posh restaurant in London. Uh, and we were the only ones to get those pictures. And that was, that was fantastic as well. So, yeah, there's been lots, lots of stuff over the years, lots of fun stuff. You know, you were talking about the royal family. Just out of curiosity, did the royal family ever do set-up shots? Like sometimes with the Kardashians and other people. Do they ever deal with that or do that at all? <laughs> I mean, if, 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 they, if anyone's listening and they do... Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like they do those set up like fancy shots, but that, I don't. They don't do like set up pap shots. I feel like you don't even get a lot of pap shots of them unless they're at an event. No, exactly. I mean, I think the story goes that you know Diana kind of set that up when she was alive in terms of you know um, you know kind of instead of because people followed her around right a lot you know in, in the early around London in the early days. And I think she set it up that, you know, she would organize, um, you know, a kind of almost like official shoots where everyone could just get their pictures. And it, it, it made everything um, a lot more relaxed in the UK in terms of the royal family. And it was a lot more controlled. And that's how it continues to be, you know, with the royals. I mean, nobody, 
Nobody would ever dare follow the Royals around. You know, if they're going to be in a, at an event, or if you're lucky enough, like, for example, the thing that you were talking about before, Dax, when they came out of Soho House, uh, if you're lucky enough to be there and, you know, you, you, you know how to behave yourself and take a couple of shots of them coming out of somewhere, that's fine. But you'd, you'd never kind of chase them down the street if you catch my drift. Yes, yeah. I'm going to say... Is there any laws out there? When it comes to shooting photos and paparazzi and stuff, is there any different laws or is it all the same? Um, I mean, I don't really know kind of what the... I guess what, 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 how it is in the US now. I mean, it, it's, it's quite stringent in terms of, um, you know, I just think that you just have to, as, as somebody like me who owns an agency, you know, I have a duty to kind of make sure that I, um, you know, that I look at everything that's coming through the door. I mean, you know, we get a lot of content. I think we get something in the region of, uh, I'm going to say, you know, t- nearly 10,000 pictures a day, I guess, or 10,000 pieces of content a day, um, which is a huge amount. But between me and, and, you know, I've got a great editing team. We look at what's coming in and we just really make sure that there's no red flags there, you know, and we try and tell all of our photographers as well. You know, I mean, the, the majority of the guys that, that work with us are freelance. Um, you know, they, they're not employed by us. We do have some that are employed, uh, but, you know, we have great relationships with everybody. They come to us for a reason. They come to us because we do a great job. We've been in the business for a long time and we're very trustworthy and everybody gets paid on time and nobody ever has any issues and they like the way we sell their stuff. Um, but in terms of how it's, it's, you know, it's just making sure that you behave properly. You know, don't antagonize anybody. Um, you know, yes, you know, in the paparazzi game, yes, we, you know, sometimes there's, there's follows, right? You might follow somebody from a restaurant to a nightclub if they've gone out for dinner and they, then they go to a nightclub. Um, you may well just get a tip that somebody's going to a nightclub, but you know, it's, you know, don't, don't upset people that don't upset children. You know, if celebrities have got their children with them, children don't want to be there with uh, cameras flashing in their face the whole time when the children, when the parents have taken them out uh, for an evening somewhere. So it's just, you know, I think, the British paps, most of them, like I was saying at the beginning of the conversation, you're always going to get a couple of idiots that don't know how to behave. But on the whole, I just think it's all about just knowing where the line is and, and not crossing. That, yeah, I, ju- I just want to ask one question that you had mentioned in regards to following royals. Now, is there like any post-Diana rules in regards to following the Royals around? Is that like a huge no-no for people? Like you will be shamed if you are following the Royal cars, anything like that? Um, I don't think that there's any, there isn't any kind of specific rules per se. Um, it's a funny one. It's just kind of in inside the industry kind of thing. You know, you, everybody knows in this country, at least everybody knows that you just don't follow the Royals around. You know, just don't do it. Yeah. Don't even go there. You know, I mean, obviously they're, they're flanked by, you know, um, secret service and, and security and all the rest of it. And, you know, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to mess around, put it that way. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, listen, of all the years you've been doing, what's your favorite celebrity experience? Have you had one great celebrity encounter that you feel that you just smooth things you always remember? Uh, I mean, listen, I was a big Michael Jackson fan, so I always, I always used to love, uh, I, I always used to love whenever I had an opportunity to, uh, to, to photograph Michael Jackson and, and, uh, he was always very nice, 
you know, he was always great to us. And, um, you know, he, he was, he was a strange in the sense that it was a strange one in the sense that, you know, sometimes security or celebrity security can be very aggressive. They don't know how to act. And it's always the, it's always the, what I call the real celebrity that kind of knows how to carry themselves and know and, and really understands the business and understands that the, the paparazzi come with the business. And, you know, someone like Michael Jackson, when he was alive, you know, he would even tell his security, you know, look after these paparazzi, just make sure they know where we're going. I don't want any trouble between this location and the next location. Um, drive slowly. Don't make anybody have to chase behind you. Uh, and stopped and said hello and said thank you very much and gave everybody their pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I always used to love that. Well, that you know what I find cool. interesting about that is because Michael was such a private person that I would almost think that it would have been opposite, that he would have been like, don't say anything. But for him, it's probably like, no, I know that they're going to be there. So let's just tell them where we're going to be. No one gets injured on the way. It's just safety for everyone. And he realizes the benefit of being all over the cover of every magazine back in the day. It's also like my experience with being out there. It's also more relaxed. You know, like no one's kind of pushing through and going crazy. It's just more smoother for everyone, for for him, for his security, for the fans. Everyone gets what they want, and it's just yeah. a lot much more of a calm situation. Absolutely, and, and I find the same with, you know, when I uh, what I just referred to as the real celebrity. I mean, I think I've heard, um, you know, my, my partner, Steve Ginsburg, talking on the show as well, and he, I think he said, you know, a similar thing. You know, it's... It's, it's those guys that have been around for a long time, know the business, you know, are, you know, people like Joan Collins or, um, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or just, you know, those types of characters that, that, that have been in show business for such a long time and they get it. And then you get, you know, you get different types of people, the younger generation um, who become very famous very quickly and they employ these, you know, seven foot five uh, bodyguards. Um, so like kind of like who for example up. if you were going to throw out a name that was younger and like this who would you throw out um i mean these days i mean i know that um when uh taylor swift comes to town i know that her security are pretty beefy <laughs> and uh <laughs> i love it the reason I, i'm laughing is because adam says that her security is horrible. Like the people that surround her are horrible. So I just, it made me laugh that you, that was the first person that you brought up to. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, I'm going back a a few years now. I'm sure it wouldn't be the same, but I remember when Christina Aguilera came to the UK a few times and the security was like trying to tell photographers to move off of a sidewalk, uh, you know, (laughs) and it was just ridiculous. You know, you know, you're allowed to stand on a sidewalk, right? You know, it's, uh, you know, just 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 play the game, play the game, and 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 you know, sometimes I, I suppose they do it in a sense. Maybe they do it just for show. I guess I, I don't really know. I always tell security. I always tell security, don't worry about me. You know when I'm there, okay? And I actually can't get too close because I need to get them in my shot. What about the people on the street? Those are the people that never know what could happen. I mean, if you really need security, you know why I'm here. I'm not hiding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Dan, have you had any had any bad run-ins with big celebrities? I'm always curious because we we talk about the fun ones, but I'm also curious to see like who's just a total asshole. Uh, David Beckham. What? Really? What? 
He seems like the nicest dude out there. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen. No, no, don't just breeze over it. What did he do? I I won't breeze over it. I mean, look, if if I was David Beckham, which I'm not, okay, far from it, but if I was David Beckham and I had such so much press attention and you know my whole life i i'm sure that i would just get completely sick and tired of it right but but at the same time that's how he's made his money you know he's made his money being in the public eye um you know and 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 he's made a lot of money doing that so i don't really ever feel too sorry for people that you know go into this business um and make money from being in the public eye and then the public want to see this figure this person in the magazines on the website and that's where we come in dan stop beating around the bush what did he do (laughs) what did he do i mean many he's just the kind of guy that will he will do anything he can to stop you from getting a photo at any time you know i mean i remember a couple times we were following him on the freeway i'm going back like many years it was around it was actually around christmas time we were following him on the freeway uh, and he literally stopped his car in the middle of the freeway. Uh, and it was just the craziest thing. You know, everybody just thought they were going to die at this point. Um, and the funniest thing was that he was going to um, this big ice rink in the middle of London. And it turned out, which we didn't know at the time, it turned out that he had set up the shots with... Uh, to take some pictures of him at this ice rink. And it was just because he went so far out of his way to stop us from following him. It was just because he had this other scenario set up and he and didn't, he didn't want to bust uh, it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. David Beckham doing setups. It just shows you everyone does them. Absolutely. <laughs> you know how many girls are really pissed off to hear that he's an asshole? You know, Dude, I does not even girls. I'm, sure I'm pissed does. off. Like that sucks. I I have this image of David Beckham in my head that he's the coolest dude ever. So kind of makes me a little. I've sad. been told actually, yeah, that he's been drunk. I've never, I never paparazzi him at all. I've heard like times like he's told him say, "Hey, he can come out," and everyone stops and come out right out, and then they sneak him out another door, and everyone gets screwed on the shot. Absolutely, listen. I'm sure he's a good guy. Like I said at the beginning. You know, it's it's a lot of pressure. Who knows? You know, somebody's just having a bad day, right? Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's always it's always fun and games in this business, as you know, Adam. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, what's the hottest shot for you right now? Is there one shot or photo that you guys are really working on? Really, like, what's the one that you guys are looking to get? Or it's always a big shot. If you get it, it always sells and for a good amount of money. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess if you know Harry and Meghan went on a, if Harry and Meghan went on a, a vacation and we got her in a bikini, that would probably be the best thing that we could get right now. Or her um, just having the baby in the middle of the street—that would be pretty big too. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that that's probably <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. That, but yeah, <laughs> like stuck in an yeah. elevator. We've I've seen it before. Women have had, have had babies on the way to the hospital. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Adam, Adam, that would be. Uh, that, that would be a, a, a great one, you know. But it's are you guys uh, it, are you as excited with Megan though? Like to finally have like this girl who's she's beautiful. She's showing she has dark nail polish. She's showing shoulders. She's, she's very into fashion. Is this like you guys are just very happy with what's going on over there because it could help you. It's fun. It, it helps you out financially. It's exciting. Is this good for photos and for your industry over there? Um, 
I mean, like we were talking about before, you know, with the Royals, it's not like, you know, we don't follow the Royals around. So in terms of, it's not like, you know, there's some reality shows just hit the TV and there's a bunch of new celebrities that we can take pictures of because people want to buy them. You know, I mean, it, listen, it's, as I said before, it's, it's great. I think it's, you know, the whole thing's fantastic. I'm sure they're very happy together. I'm sure they will be for a long time, but yeah, it kind of bores, bores the hell out of me, to be honest. <laughs> I love it. Well, Dan, we are going to wrap this up. I really appreciate getting your perspective on just the whole paparazzi industry over in the UK. You know, it's fun to hear these stories because, you know, about, like I said, about Amy or Michael or David Beckham, just because it's something different from the normal celebs that we are, you know, around on our normal basis. Um, But Dan, we give a platform to this part of the industry that people don't really talk about. So it's good for our listeners to hear about this side of the business. And I totally agree. I'm sure people out there will now start looking at photo credits and see exposure everywhere (laughs) they look because you guys do get quite a lot of material on a daily basis. I mean, you guys were definitely all over the big fashion awards that were out there the other day. And, uh, you know, I I think you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. And uh, is it, do you have uh, any social, social media or places that people can follow you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, um, we're actually backward now. So I know that you are, you're probably speaking to, I think you were speaking to Steve, uh, a little while ago. So, um, you can find us at backward UK on Instagram. Cool. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, I guess, uh, Adam, you got anything left you need to talk about? Listen, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I gotta go chase some celebrities, but you can follow. My, you can follow my journey at Adam Glynn, G O Y N. You can see some of the photos and videos on Hollywood Pipeline decks. Yep, uh, definitely. Log on to HollywoodPipeline.com. Check out all of our new content. We're constantly updating, keeping people up to date on everything that is celebrity and pop culture. And uh, we will see you guys next week. All right, later. Thanks. Bye.